Hello, and welcome to Weeaboo Wednesdays. Ooh. Thank you. This week's brought to you by Not Your Father's Root Beer. Yeah, and uh, a couple of cookies we got at a Smart and Final while playing Pokemon Go. It was, they were on sale. They were 4th of July cookies, and they're, I think, like, eight days old, at least. So, yes. Uh, recently, Mark just started uh, watching an anime called Gate. No. I have not been watching it. I have been reading that shit before it became an anime, and I was, oh, I was, all right, I'm going to be honest, all right, for those of you who aren't familiar with the series now known as Gate, which is now seen as one of the more popular animes at the moment, at least according to my circle of friends, it is literally a gate to Dungeons and Dragons land opens in the middle of Japan, and the Roman Empire inside sees Japan as an easy conquer. They don't know about modern military tactics and modern technology. They get their asses handed to them. And Japan basically starts to establish itself as a small nation inside of this D&D land. So Japan essentially annexes Narnia. They don't annex it, per se. They're trying to keep the whole, uh, like, United Nations. We don't want to destroy their culture. We've literally just put a military outpost in there. To explore and figure out what this, what explore and discover the culture of this land, but the series itself has a very, very strong pro -milita Japan military fantasy. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, um, Morgan's telling me about this anime, and um, I, I realized watching through a lot of animes, there's this trope of a, a like a, a, in the genre essentially of like Japanese characters being inserted into. Um, animes and stuff, and automatically becoming better than uh, all the other characters of what they do. And uh, we kind of have that problem with, like, American cinema. I think, like, the, the biggest one that they pointed out was uh, The Last Samurai. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, where, like, you know, uh, uh, a beautiful Aryan Tom Cruise gets inserted <laughs> with the filthy Nipponese peasants and he becomes a better samurai and, uh, like, learns their traditions better than they do. And then... All the then all the then all the classic Jap Japanese samurai get cut down by machine guns, and he's the only one who lives through it. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, and I think that was called uh, like the the um, the white power fantasy or something. We don't know the exact terms or trope terms for yeah. these. We are we have lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, we're good, we're good, we're getting on the road to getting a little crunk. Yeah, but um. Uh, like in a lot of uh, media and cinema, uh, essentially, since me and Mark live in the United States, a lot of people kind of complain, like in media, it's always like, uh, you know, a white character being inserted into somewhere and then kind of assimilating the culture and becoming better at it. Yeah. And I've realized Japan does this, like, a lot with anime. They, uh, so much so. They have a very strong nationalistic thing, which in my opinion, it's not a bad thing. Every yeah. nation wants to think that they, wants their people to think that they're the best. You should be proud of where you are. Yeah, proud of who you are. But look, to get an idea, jumping back to Gate, to get an idea of this, like, they literally had one moment of where they decided to, um, to allow the D&D, one of the D&D princesses and some of her entourage to come visit um, visit um, visit Japan and like discuss like what has been going on on the other side, and at one point there's during this period of course there's some like international problems going on like other nations want to apparently kidnap them and try and either ransom them off or like find out more information about the cult about the other side, but there's this one scene of they're staying in kind of like a hotel 
in like a cla- in a classic Japanese hotel, and they're they're all partying, they're all having fun. It's a, it's a harem anime as well, so of course, oh, some well, of the girls, of course, so of course, of course so, gotta... so, so the girl, a bunch of the girls get drunk. They finally they find modern day porn, and then they're like questioning why the hell, what the hell is this? And during this whole period of fun and antics, you literally get a next shot of you watch a few people sitting over screens watching like those classic thermal cam UAV footage of literally of them tracking targets sneaking up to the hotel and them getting shot down and sniped. And then it's revealed that apparently Japan has their own ranger force that has been able to take that is holding off a combination of Navy SEALs, Chinese special forces, and Russian Spetsnaz. All at the same time, oh, and oh. personifying them as weak and like they're li- as the other as the other nations are going like, wait, what the hell? When since when does Japan have special forces? Blah 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 blah. Uh, and then that after saying that one comment, the poor, the guy gets a bullet in the head. Uh, you know, uh, also, I think it's important to give people a little bit of perspective. So weeaboos in actual history. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Japan does not have a standing military as of World War II when they were uh, mm. uh, uh, bombed by America and, like, Twice. soundly trounced. Yeah. Uh, Japan has not uh, been able to have a standing military. Yeah? They have they, they have a domestic defense force. As they call it, the Special Defense Force, which essentially are a, a, small, a, a small military force. But they, unlike real military forces, they're not allowed to start bases in other countries. Yeah. They watch over allies, and base. And I think I think officially they're not allowed to officially declare war. Yeah. Per se, I'm don't don't quote me on this. I am a I am a film graduate currently working with NASCAR, not a historian. Oh, oh gotta drop the big end in the podcast, huh, Mark? Oh, look at me doing this wee podcast, and look at all this NASCAR money I'm rolling in. <laughs> NASCAR money my ass. (laughs) Enough NASCAR money to put a 4th of July cookies on the table. (laughs) And pay for your dinner, mister. I wasn't sure if I had enough money to pay. I don't get paid till tomorrow, Mark. You know I'm good for... I bought you you not your dad's Bought me? You mean paid me back? I did, yeah. Uh, You still owe my girlfriend. They're not exclusively mutual and I'll get Janine. I'm good for it, Janine. She's not in the room. I don't think she can hear me. But essentially, Japan is America's vacation apartment in New York that they never go to until they have to. And the person and, like, the standing army there is essentially the bouncer that just kind of sits on the couch and watches Netflix all day. Despite the fact that they do have... America does have a military base in Japan, or two, one or two at least. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but it's essentially, like, Gate, I've realized, is kind of what happens if you have, like, the NRA make an anime animated show and it's on Cartoon Network. Uh, that is actually a very yeah. good um, point and I, we ended up looking a little bit into this. The show has been apparently um, criticized. criticized for its very strong right-wing pol- like right-wing beliefs of yeah. a pro-military, pro-force, pro-army, blah blah blah. And especially this is actually coming at a bit of a heated time because on- recently Japan has um, been allowed to actually, that, that World War II thing has been lifted, so they are now allowed to have an official military force. Yeah, it was a really big deal in Japan. People got into fistfights over their uh, Senate? Congress? Uh, I Prime know. Minister? I don't know. I don't know what we... the stupid cabinet is called Japan. Listen, this is a podcast. I know you're listening to this and going, why are they talking about all this boring political shit? Listen, 
Oh, well, we want to give you... Uh, because we know you're a weeaboo and your basis of Japanese history is Naruto. Now, I'm sorry if this shocks you, but... Or maybe, is, or maybe Samurai Warriors for you Koei fans. Oh, my God. That's a, your education is de- the Dynasty Warriors of video games. <laughs> <laughs> or of media. I'm gonna be honest, I learned a lot about Chinese generals and shit, though, from that game. Yeah, but, you know, real... I know Chinese, it's not accurate! Real Chinese generals can't fly the, and destroy the, 500 the, million men! The, the, you, the yellow turbans did not summon rocks with their magic! I love, the, I, I love in, Dynasty, like in the, the Dynasty Orders when you fight the yellow turban armies, like the dude who uh, Zhao Yang is... Yeah, and, and it's just like, oh, this dude's a trickster, and his entire move is somebody does it for him. But when you play Dynasty Warriors 3, just all of a sudden he can actually make fire, and he's a wizard, and you're like, wait, what the fuck and he happened? Looks, and he looks like Jesus. He does. He's very Anglo for some reason. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I'm probably going to research more about the yellow turbans and, like, figure that out. But this isn't a research podcast. Mm-hmm. In case you're not aware of what we aim to do here, uh, if you want walk away with um, an interesting opinion or an insightful thought about anime, that is completely incidental. <laughs> Me and Mark are, are standing here, getting drunk, uh, getting off of work, and apparently just shitting over one of our darlings. <laughs> because we do like anime, but yeah. we're... Uh, yeah. We are... We are critical thinking individuals. Uh, we understand. Uh, yeah, parentheses on that entire statement. <laughs> and, uh, double parentheses. This is my standpoint on this. A fan. This is the difference between a fan and a fanboy. A fanboy will never see anything wrong with their beloved waifu or or their beloved series. There is yeah. nothing wrong with it. It is the best thing in the world. No matter what you say. Blah 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 blah. Suck my dick. <laughs> but a a proper fan will actually sit down and understand that like. Listen, I love this series even with all its faults. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil, but I will be the first one to say that shit scene of a game has some of the worst <laughs> writing I have ever seen. I, I like how. Partner? I, I like how uh, Resident Evil is essentially a super scary video game in like the first couple ones because it all was on like, uh, it was all pre rendered. Oh, yeah. And since it was pre rendered, you couldn't see around corners <laughs> and that actually had like this kill simulated horror feel to it. Mm hmm. But now, since you have a free roaming camera, that's taken away a lot of that. Yep, it turns out to bang, bang, bang. Aha! I think yeah. I got them. Oh, come on! Is it's stupid? But but anyway, yeah. Like Japan has like a really uh, like a lot of the top animes that I remember are very like propagandistic to Japan. I mean, it's like I have you ever seen Code Geass? Yeah. Yeah, the entire, like, the entire plot of Code Geass, if I'm gonna shove it into, like, a nutshell, is, like, uh, Europe essentially takes over the world and Japan's the last holdout, and glorious Japan has to take the world back from the Anglos. (laughs) Yep, no, or... Oh, God. It's just... Yeah, no, I thought more of not so much that. I thought it was more of, like, the British Empire never really lost its empire. Yeah. It just kind of stayed. I, I mean, like, if you think about that, and for some reason, I don't know why there's, like, there's such a dissonant disconnect between, like, that... If we if we made a cartoon mark about it, it's like, hey, do you remember when like America went into like the Philippines and Mexico and like took it over and but like we pulled out? You know, it'd be cool if mm-hmm. we made if we made an anime about like how we did that and it was right 
And everybody in that country was a savage. <laughs> Michael! Well, that's, that's exactly what these animes portray sometimes. It's just like, oh, check out the, like, you know, the filthy, casual native here. And check out this glorious Nipponese angel that's fallen from the sky. Who also is supposedly 21 years old, but is act, but looks like she should be in pre preschool. Well, we'll get to that in another episode. Maybe this episode. Who too. knows? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how drunk we get. Yeah. And uh, the the mind uh, will wander yeah. as, uh, along with the topic. Yep. All right. Ah, oh, crap. Now, yes, Japanese power fantasy. Yeah, but but like, what do you like? Why do you think that is, or that's like we're we're so willing to buy into that in Japan? It's like, yeah, Japan totally has the right to just like okay. annex countries left and right. Okay, maybe not annex countries left and right, but the whole Japan Japanese citizens are superior to all other citizens yeah, yeah, on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I can see how they do this. They do it in a com like the one of the reasons I think that at least some of us are more willing to accept it is a combination of a few things. One, when we're watching the anime, let's be honest, some of the times we kind of forget that these characters are supposedly Japanese. It's because true. when they animate them, they look pretty Anglo-Saxon or any other thing but Japan. Yeah. But Japanese most of the time. And so I think that kind of glosses over our thoughts and like, and we just don't think of it that much. As so you think it's just because they're they're portrayed very like, uh, uh, like westernized. Oh, yeah, a bit westernized. We kind of like just subconsciously accept. Just like, oh yeah, this makes yeah. sense. Manifest destiny. And then we've also got the stereotype about Japan being very a very advanced nation. Oh, and very because, efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. Very yeah. advanced. Like. Um, one of the reasons that this came around, apparently, well, at least according to my knowledge, I could be completely wrong for this, is during World War II, after they, it, it wasn't World War II, or basically when Japan finally lifted its trade embargo with the entire world, they basically were able to get pretty much technology that took the rest of the world a long time to create, but they got them, like, here's the finished product, yeah. and just started researching from there, and were able to take it a step further. Unlike the rest of us, who are kind of like... Listen, we spent enough money trying to develop the steam engine. We don't have time. We don't have the time, money, resources. The steam engine works just fine, and Japan has come out with the hyper train that go that floats in the air and arrives yeah. seconds on time. Well, I think that might be part of um, because uh, like for a long time, Japan had uh, was a very isolationist country. I think mm -hmm. it was like sometimes around like uh. In the 19th century was when they uh, eventually were introduced to the, quote, modern world, where, like, the U.S. showed up, and they're like, yo, you're going to trade with us, and Japan is like, no, we're not, and then the U.S. fired canyons on the ship, and Japan was like, wow, we're really behind the fucking times. Yep. Yeah, so they were kind of shamed into uh, uh, kind of assimilating into Western culture. Which I think in the end kind of worked out better for them. I'm not saying that, like, like... Preserve, I, preserving your, like, culture is a good thing, which I think is a good well, thing. You well, should be proud did. of your heritage. But the amount of technological advance and, like, um, access to new economy is a good thing for any nation. Yeah, and, and they did. Like, they, they took Western... Like, they took a lot of, like, uh, Western uh, ideas and then they essentially, like, uh, Japanified them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um... We'll get into this on maybe another episode so, about the whole, like, Bushido myth and yeah. stuff about that. Um, oh yeah, Bushido isn't what you, you really think it is. No, you know, it's... 
Uh, it's my more delicious little weebs. Yep, it's more. Well, I was gonna say this. It's more rules for like the upper, the upper strong forces. Please don't kill the peasants. Kind of rules. No, that's like that. That's chival uh, chivalry. Because like chivalry was essentially created as a code for knights. Because it's like once you are a knight on a horse, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you've got political girl. You like you were probably stronger than the local constabulary. Yeah, like the entire Cops. thing with like the uh, uh, the code of uh, chivalry was like yo. So you're essentially like a one-man wrecking machine. You should uh, follow this code of conduct so you just don't turn into a complete monster. And, like, some knights are like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. respect women. Don't wantonly kill peasants just for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, Bushido was kind of uh, the opposite for that, where it's like, everybody has a place. <laughs> this is what we do. If you get out of your place, you get cut down. <laughs> Which these days still you can still kind of see that in my opinion. It's very uh, especially in business environments. We yeah, did, we did a bit of research, a little bit of research into this. Well, we read a couple of articles and like one was like, about a dude like interviews with like people who like American workers who lived in Japan for a long time working yeah. there, and then base a lot of them basically say, "Oh God, I'm I'm I might give me an American company." Yeah, it it, it just seems that. Um, it's it's like for instance they or at least from what we we read and understood from the articles it very much feels like they have a very strong like traditional beliefs and then when new things are brought into that they kind of barely fit them into their own yeah. how it should be for example they were discussing like one of the articles we had read was a guy who's a i believe a he hopped around from job to job he was he a worked, game designer he was a game designer who and at one point the company, and he was also, I think, like, something, like, research and development to, like, Yeah, uh, he worked in an office. Yeah, he worked in an office. And he recommended to his bosses one day, like, like when they were asking, like, going, listen, we, uh, we're, kind of, we're trying to come up with a new idea. What do American, or at least Western bu businesses you work for try and, like, do to try and get new ideas? And he had recommended, well, we can maybe just try and get, like, a, a group meet, um, just ask um, coworkers to start sending in ideas, like, brainstorming things. So his employers took it as they sent a company-wide email saying, requirement to all employees, send in at least two new ideas for game concepts into in by like two days from now. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very formal and very authoritative. It, it yeah. seems like the Jap at least at the very least the Japanese business hierarchy is very uh, uh, set in its ways and mm -hmm. it's very caste based. Yeah, very much like old-fashioned way, especially at least yeah. I imagine many of us have seen at least how commercials and stuff. That new Hearthstone commercial, I believe they showed off of where um, big businessman comes out of his car. Every coworker who sees him is bowing to him, like to say good morning as he's walking there, looking very strong and very. This. And then the commercial ends with him bowing to this random woman secretary because apparently she's kicking his ass in Hearthstone. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Um, but like if that if any if any part except that last part was true, imagine having to go into work and every time you saw your boss, you had to bow to them and say good morning. And if you didn't notice them, it could mean like a socially like a ba really bad thing to do. Well, he said like a couple people are also got like fired for just like not attending mandatory corporate parties. Or yeah, mandatory corporate parties. Yeah. And oh god, like what we read for that was it was very depressing actually. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, 
Um, I, I, I like to uh, know, I have a bunch of friends who uh, went to Japan because of school. So, like, they've actually worked, like, a couple of years through there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, like, really good for a lot of them because it's, like, they really understand, like, the culture of Japan. And, uh, well, no, they're, they're not actually, they're, they're the farthest, they, they actually go there because it's like, I actually want to study the culture and I don't know what anime is. It's like, you, I think you will have a lot better time than the people who like have this yeah. uh, glorified image of like what Japan is in their head because yeah. all they've watched is like anime. And I imagine to you, Tokyo is the capital, Akibahara is the capital to you, little yeah. weebs. Yeah, uh, like we're dropping some real knowledge bombs on you over here. All right, yeah, this is getting pretty serious and knowledgeable <laughs> for what our what we've said this podcast about. Michael, let us clink our glasses and suck down a bit more. Yeah. And and degenerate. Oh. So yeah, basically, in a lot of animes, it's always just like, oh, it's an exchange student, and it's like this foreigner, and it's this Japanese girl or boy, and yeah. then, like they they destroy everything, and they kind of um. They kind of become, like, the superior character. Like, you, you yeah. know, in, like, a lot of things that you read, there's, like, the side character always becomes more popular than, like, the actual main character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it, it, the other manga that you recommended to me, like, about, yeah, like, sure. a week or two ago, where it's, like, uh, the mob boss and, like, uh, the, the Yakuza and the... Oh, the mob. Oh, you did read it. I, I started reading a little bit of it, yeah. I got okay. up to, like, a couple of chapters. All right, well, we'll yeah. discuss that. Yeah. If you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking... We had, I had recommended to him last week well, Nisekoi, which I imagine a lot of you weebs know, and I imagine Michael's a bit late to the game for this one. I'm always late to the game. Yeah, yeah, Don't that's... call me late for dinner because I won't be there. <laughs> yeah, best he'll show up for midnight snack. I'm really bad at uh, trying to find my way around places. But nonetheless, I know... Uh, for all of us, I think Nisekoi has hit its climax. I think they finally revealed who uh, main character boy is choosing out of his harem of girls. Oh my god! Like, but I have not read. I have not read those last cha- that last chapter yet. I need to do that. Also, we should do like a harem episode one day. Uh, just discussing harems in general. Yeah. We can discuss them now, I mean. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think? I like harem. Okay, harem animes. <laughs> Oh, this is also a big problem. Like, yeah, right yeah. now, we're just shitting on the genre anime yeah. because it's like the two big things right now. It seems is like either harem animes or like Japan glorification propagandist animes. And you know, <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive because, like no. as you said earlier, they like tend to put that into each other. You're always gonna see like a main character with like multiple love interests, and you're always gonna see like the superior Japanese character in yeah. an anime. Okay, this is the problem. One well, of the biggest problems I have with hair hair animes. I I did a lot. I in my time in school, I did a lot of writing courses and all. I'm script writing crap, but oh my god, I can't stand harems so much just because they are so shallow and so like like really listen. Listen, a firefighter is willing to pull me out of a burning building. My first thought isn't to forever devote my soul to the man and want to be riding on his dick whenever I can. It's, yeah, well, I mean, like, that's what a harem anime is, though. And it's, like, not to say that it's not trash because it is. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I can't stand it. It's just, like, listen, I am all for, like, a, a character with multiple love interests. If those are properly developed. 
Like, it's not just saying, oh, I love him after, like, ten minutes of talking. Oh, it's, oh, that's, like, like, I feel like that's kind of, like, complaining about Transformers, you know? I Excuse I, me? Well, okay, okay, here's, here's my... What Transformers are we talking about? Are we talking about the disgusting Michael Bay pieces yeah, yeah, of shit? No, 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 or are no. we talking about the glorious squared, Starscream, you're an idiot! Yeah, we're talking about the... Because it's, like, I read reviews for Transformers, and it's, like, after a while, it, they bother me because it's, like, the people who write them go into the movie theater expecting they're gonna see Metropolis. It's, like, what the fuck? That's an insane demand. You don't go okay. to a Japanese restaurant and you're, like, yo, I want one full barbecued pork and a side of mashed potatoes with the colonel's face on it. It's, like, go to KFC if you want that shit. You're in the mo wrong movie theater. It's, like, I find the concept very shallow and very juvenile because it's a hour-long commercial. Okay, no. That is not, that is different. Because with the hair, especially with the anime, where you, many of these series, at least thankfully nowadays, only like 13 to 24 episodes a season, so they're kind of manageable. But like for series, especially like Naruto and crap, they go on for episode and episode, or even Love Hina. I know I that I actually did kind of like that series in the I past, never, but... I never got into Love Hina. But nonetheless, talking with the hair anime, series that go on for a long time, and you know you have this amount of time, like... At least kind of develop these relationships a little bit, because character development is something a lot of people like. That's yeah. one of the reasons why you have it in like, especially with um, a lot of modern TV shows these days. It's not like instant like this character has fallen for this character. It starts off as a minor crush, and then as the series goes on, like you begin, um, they begin to realize like, oh crap, these aren't just feelings for a friend anymore. These are like. I want to ride his dick. But with harem animes especially, it's it's instantaneous. It provides a false illusion for real people. Because a lot of these writers don't even look at real people. These, yeah. these are otaku shows written by otakus for otakus. Therefore, continuing the cycle of depravity as to why anime is falling on its face. Well, like, that's the thing. People need to realize that it's like, oh, this anime, this person has six love interests. It's like, yeah... But, like, those love interests are also a slime girl, a harpy woman, a lamia. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm talking about Monster Musume, Everyday Monster Girl. And you know what? I like that one because I realize it's trash. The show knows it's trash. <laughs> you're essentially, when you talk about it, you're two filthy people fighting inside a dumpster, arguing about which is the best piece of trash. And you know what? You want to get out of that dumpster, but it's already too fucking late. You've already picked up a piece of garbage you're getting into a fight with another garbage hobo and you're like no Arania is the best piece of trash look at all the proof I have and this other pedant is talking about how like Poppy's the best and uh, anyway plus we all know Arachnera is the best girl she is she is, hands down she, uh, out of all those kids she feels like the actual real person in the sense that like she know she has she knows people other than the main character, which is another thing which I want to get on on harem animes. It is so isolationist, all these like the women, the harem, because none of these other women actually ever meet other people. That's they are always true, yeah. forced in a situation where literally this man is like the only man they know. Yeah. So why not jump on his dick when I'm horny? And the second like another male character is introduced, all of a sudden like that's the big pivotal thing. And like we could get into like a womanist trophies things because it yeah. does seem like that. It does seem 
like that in Arab animes. It's like, oh, it's checking all my lady vagina chaining cards. Yeah. And so you want to see him? It's like, yeah, I do. Uh, like, no, but too bad they're my vagina chaining cards. <laughs> it, it really does come to that. And one of the reasons why um, I come down to this unrealistic aspect thing, which I understand. For writing aspect, it may, adding too many characters is irritating. It um, takes a lot of work. You have to hire more voice actors. And Monster Musume has like twelve monster girls, Mark. But here's the thing: they're all girls, and they never. Act, you never actually see like, like, hi, I'm gonna go out and go hang with my other friends today. I'll see you later. What? Yeah, that's true. Like they don't have lives outside yeah. of this house and outside this guy who's hosting them. And I can see it being this is essentially the only human male they've come across. This is essentially and the only person who has shown them any decent human kindness, especially with a lot of these characters' backgrounds. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rachnera, but it's true for you. It's essentially a cult. You've yeah. described a cult. Exactly. Yeah, you've literally described it's like you you're uh, around like what a pivotal central figure. You're you're not allowed to leave the compound and see other, like, outsiders. And, and it's like everything revolves uh, around, excuse me, uh, what the central, care, uh, the central like, uh, leader wants. Yeah. And I think, there we go, we have perfectly described. Harem animes are no longer har aren't harems, they're cults. Yeah, cult, uh, cult, cult, yeah. That is I would love to see a harem anime where it's a cult. And no, like, no, yeah. because that's just gonna get dark. Because the because ma the main boy is gonna know where he's at, and he's not gonna be a boy who resists the resists the dripping pusses of every woman who come who rolls across his crotch. It is gonna turn into a man who says, "Yes, come, my wives, fillet me all at once." Disgusting, but yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. It's like in every harem anime, the guy never knows. You know, no, it's not that he never knows. He's they always portray him as too um, not proper, too uh, innocent or naive, yeah. or at least just so asexual. Well, no, not even asexual. It's just like you have a very uh, a character who won't just make up his. I mean, it's like, that, well, like that but that's the entire premise of like a harem anime. Yeah. You know, it's like you'll never like a harem anime is over. It's like oh, here are the three characters. It's like but I like her. It's like oh, hey, well, Nisa Koi's pulling was pulling it off for a while. Which one was an isekoi? The one I recommended you with the two mobs, you oh. moron. Well, I haven't gotten that far yet. I've gotten like three chapters. You should already know! Yeah, oh yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah freaking Onodera. Yeah. But that's, I don't know that's their names just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, moving. Uh, in response yeah. to that, I fell asleep during your fucking recommendation. Well, yeah, it's okay, so I recommend it. Uh, I don't actually know what the title is. <laughs> Um, give us a second, we need to check our Weeb Master Scroll. We'll be right back. Yeah, we can, uh, uh we can... Oh, wait, hold on a second, we, we've actually got it up. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Um... Uh, mo uh, Moyashimono? Moyashimono? Let me read that, you piece of shit. Yeah, Moyashimono. Yeah, Moyashimono. Right, basic storyline, um, kid, um, kid and his best friend finally go off to college, and... The main character boy has the power to see microbes, aka bacteria, yeah, little viruses. But I don't think they at least not. Yeah, they're right. they're depicted as like little stick characters. Yeah, they're stick little like doodle cartoons. Yeah, like the doodle. And he's able to, and he sees them like he sees them floating around. He sees them like as they're like someone sneezes or like he sees he recognizes the flu ba flu bacteria flying through the sky and he you know, oh, avoids yeah, it like right. a plague and it f accidentally flies into his friend's mouth. He's like, oh, oh, this shit happens. <laughs> But yeah. the entire series, besides one character, ever it is so uninteresting. And the way, 
It's very slow. It is so slow, uninteresting, and unless you are a big fan about fermentation, microbes, bacteria... Which is, oh, I am. It is one of the most boring, dry things I've read in a long time. It's essentially a a, a textbook about, like, fermentation and microbes with a a, a very thin mask of uh, manga over it. Literally, there's no plot, at least nothing yet. Yeah, it's it's got very uh, low stakes, if there are any at all. I mean, like... There there are no stakes. Having read that, there are no stakes, and I think that's one of the reasons why it put me to sleep. I... Alright, here's the thing is... I wouldn't. I would not recommend people to read this. I'm sorry, Michael, oh. but that is my stake on it. Unless you are a big fan of fermentation, bacteria, or biology, or you really just want to read something that has no stakes whatsoever, yeah. characters who are very boring—I think is the better term for it—except for literally sorry. one professor. Like the the most interesting thing in like the. He eight, sucks the insides chap- of the a seagull out of their butt. Yes, in the eight chapters I read was literally, they thought they found a corpse because he saw a bunch of microbes coming out of, coming out of the ground and like oh, the the person who was missing's name on the stick, and they dig it up and it's a seal, it's a dead seal, yeah. and apparently one of the professors buried this under there for some kind of like Inuit like special delicacy. Yeah, it's like dish. a fermentation dish, which is apparently like you you stuff a bunch of dead seagulls inside of a steel and let them like double ferment each other. It's like taking a crock pot oven uh, to make beef stew and then taking a crock pot oven and then putting it in the oven. In the <laughs> regular it, oven. Yeah. But other than that I was incredibly bored by it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think this, this, this is partially my fault, Mark. I should have, uh, I, I should have added, a, um, a qualified recommendation to it. Because you have to be in the correct mindset to, uh, to read it. I, I like to read it after I read, like, very tense stuff. Because it's, like, it acts as a very good palate cleanser. Mm. Like, essentially, like, if you read, like, a really intense, like, manga or watch, like, a really intense anime or something and you feel a little sad or whatever, uh, this is a good uh, uh, manga to just use to uh, unwind yeah. and to just kind of, like, de-escalate. Yeah. It's, it, to me, it feels like, all right, you just watched an epi- you watched the la- latest episodes of, like, Game-, Game of Thrones and your favorite characters have died and you decide, yeah. I'm going to go to class to unwind. I'm going to go to my biology class to unwind. Now, unless everyone, not everyone is a biology buff like you, Michael. Yeah, so, so maybe all you biology students, you should be writing your fucking papers instead of listening to two weebs talk about other weebs. But if you're listening to it and doing your work, you know, go for it. Uh, no, fuck you. Go, like, uh, go, go do your work, dude. The point of podcasts is to listen to them in the background while you're doing other shit. Yeah, well, I'm gonna actively berate this imaginary person. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get them out of that fucking chain school as soon as they can. Like, you have no idea what kind of shit is waiting out here for you. Uh, okay. Michael, and I recommended two manga to you. It yeah. seems like you touched a little bit on Nisekoi, which... I'm sure a lot, a lot of you listeners at least, at the very least, know of. Well, let's let's just assume our weebs are very. Uh, oh, we're, we're, okay. Like, let's paint the picture of uh, the listener that I have tricked into <laughs> listening into this podcast. Oh, no. uh, so I'm imagining two demographics: either the people who I'm friends with who do not know anime, and uh, who, who I have now lost so much credibility and respect from. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, people 
who do know anime and their anime is essentially like oh, all the mainstream stuff, which you know isn't bad, but it's like we we at least try to show you some more esoteric and eclectic uh, mangas and animes to kind of expand your palette of trash, you know? <laughs> if you're in the recycling bin all the time, you're never going to know about compost. <laughs> really? Uh, you see, you see, I made a deaf metaphor there, Mark. I said they're in the recycling bin all the time. Michael. Because all the current anime are just reskins of each other, and the compost bin is full of trash, but is ultimately good for you and the environment, and teaches you to have fucking taste. Yeah, what we've recommended so far have just been trash. <laughs> the exception may be Dungeon Meshi. Dungeon Meshi is great. If you haven't read Dungeon Meshi, go read Dungeon we, Meshi. We discussed it in our last mo- podcast. We? Yes, we did. Okay. I, not, we, we are not going to discuss that again. I, I wasn't sure if we did. Go, go learn how to cook a fucking mandrake. Alright. <laughs> yeah, don't don't try and hook a giant bat across his neck and... <laughs> that is great. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but, okay, so the mangas I recommended to you was Nisekoi, Battle, Battle of the Waifus, and, well, that's not its real name, but that's far. Yeah. <laughs> and Robunta, I believe, is... Uh, I haven't started R- Rabupunta, which was actually kind of a small, like, uh, Robuda, Love Pig. Which I I haven't started on that. I only started on the um the monster one, and the premise of that one is like, uh, they're in high, uh, are they in high school or? Uh, yes. It's always fucking high school, mm-hmm. but it's like uh, well, yeah. What do you think their audience is? Uh, that's true. Um. Uh. But like uh, in, in the manga, it's like the main character is like uh, a member, or he's from the family of. He's the, the heir of like a yeah. local lo- local yakuza. Yeah, and then he runs into like this new foreign exchange student, which is like uh, an American mobster or is Sicilian. Well, uh, I think it's American, but nonetheless, yeah. very bad like meetup. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it, it kind of uh, goes uh, uh, by the template after that, but in like a neat way. You know, they do a little couple of twists and turns, and they make the characters at least All interesting. All right, but for those who don't know, on it, uh, my friend here is not actually delving into like what separates this, or at least what the plot basically is. Yeah. Well, and, like uh, I'm recommending that, so like you know they can kind of. Uh, All right, but here, no, I think. No, you should. This is important information that you should at least okay, for this okay. one. Basically, the whole um, story of it is the son of, son of yakuza, daughter of mob boss. First, first meet each other. Uh, first meet each other in school. Have the worst, some of the one of the worst like first impressions of each other. Yeah, she jumps and, right on his face. Yep, and then later, and and accidentally like makes him lose his like most treasured childhood possession. Oh right, yeah. And they then like later that day. They, they, he's called the boy is called in by his grandfather who's the head of the yak- local Yakuza and tells him going, alright listen and introduces him to the local mob boss who's yeah, just yeah. moved into this turns out the two grandfathers are actually good they're old friends of each other like they used to be enemies but in their old age they kind of came to the point of us going we're just drinking buddies we're friends yeah. but they realize all the young blood in their gangs hate each other and are ready to start a war with each other so together, the old farts decided to come up with a great idea of going. All right, listen, we're gonna have you start um, start a relationship with uh, with his granddaughter. Yeah, it's essentially stop. like an arranged marriage. Yeah, it's an arranged marriage or at least relationship to stop all the gang members from killing each other in the city. Yeah. To stay nice for the good of the kids. 
Which I'd like to add, the mobs, the way they portray the mobsters in the series, they are the most supportive, amazing group of guys. Well, I mean, like, the Yakuza is also yeah, supportive they, for, like, the main character. Yeah, except for the fucking granddaughter's head bodyguard. Oh my god, he's creepy. Uh, yeah, uh, but nonetheless. Part, yeah. And then, of course, da-da-da-da, turns out, turns out the, um, they are now forced to pretend to be in a relationship despite the fact that the boy has his own life he wants to live. Yeah. And every time they try and, like, they lose face, like... They're on the verge of losing their cover and causing problems. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, will uh, real will they or won't they? But like to everybody else, they they, they already uh, have. Yeah, but I personally recommend that more. It's a fun relationship story. Definitely, it's a good co- uh, kind of action comedy. Yeah, yeah. you go. It's got your classic Japanese over the top action at yeah. times when you meet like some of these mob characters and some of the like actions some of these women pull off, and your classic. Um, girl's able to punch man into stratosphere and he comes back down yeah. reasonably unharmed. Yeah, and um, uh, for my recommendation, which is uh, a manga I think Mark has already read, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, I Am a Hero. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I have read that. I am currently completely up to date with I it. I am too, yeah. That manga is weird. It's weird, but it's I, I like it because um, the first volume, the main character is like a mangaka artist. And he uh, suffers from like delusions of and anxiety. like anxiety. He's got like anxiety, and he's. It's also alluded he kind of has Asperger's. I think like Asperger's almost like sometimes schizophrenia from some of the early chapters. Yeah. it feels like because he's definitely like like imagine you know for anyone who's experienced sleep paralysis or at least heard like seen online or people talk about it that inability to move out of bed and they start losing yeah. this creepy figure almost like walking into the room and crawling over you yeah like he that is literally like i think like the first 10 pages of yeah it's like it's really cool because it's like it delves into like how this uh, person perceives the world and it's like this really weird world full of monsters and stuff but you realize the author is doing that to portray this is how the person uh this is how anxiety feels to this person like he has to do these things so the monster doesn't show up mm-hmm. and like that's the metaphor for how he deals with anxiety and stuff i like that he has like these the stereotypical like uh main character monologue but it turns out everybody's like dude shut the fuck up we're at work because he's saying it out loud yeah like i like that one part where it's like he's uh kind of upset with his girlfriend he's dating this other manga artist who's uh she keeps gushing about like her ex-boyfriend's manga yeah. And, like, uh, he's over... like, And I like this scene a lot, actually, because it was like, oh, it's, it's actually, like, kind of... Uh, it's kind of, like, heartbreaking. Yeah. But it's like she invites him over for dinner, and she's like, oh, hey, you haven't uh, touched your food after he looks at her shelf. And he finds uh, all of her ex-boyfriend's books are on the shelf, and all of his are on the floor. Yeah. And he kind of, like, uh, uh, pours out all of his feelings. He's like, hey, I know it's, like, stupid, and it's petty, and uh, I know that you love me a lot, but it means, uh, like, it really hurts me to see that you have all of his books, like, very neatly lined up on top, and you only talk about his stuff. Well, mine's is on the floor and in disarray, and I can't help but feel that you're subconsciously choosing him over me. And mm. I know I'm not, like, the easiest person to have a relationship with. And you're like, oh, wow, that was, like, really eloquent and, like, uh, heartbra- like a heartbreaking confession from him. And she looks at him and is like, hey, you haven't said anything for the last five minutes. And 
and you realize the important thing he should have said was what he kept in his head, and he said ends up saying something stupid. Like, yeah. it's like, I hope you're not fucking him because we don't want sloppy seconds. And you're like, oh, dude, no! Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the, the big, uh, the big, so spoiler, skip ahead if you don't want to know this, but, like, the big reveal at the end of the first volume is, like, he keeps suffering from these delusions. It turns out there is, like, a zombie outbreak going yeah. on in the background. And then he goes from there from, like, how he uh, essentially falls into, like, wanting to become a hero, but, like, falling so short and having, like, an actual good ramp-up to, like, yeah. when he does something. Literally, like, the first things you see, like, literally what separates this character from every other schlub on the subway or everything else, literally his only difference is is he actually took the time to get a gun license in Japan. Yeah, and he's, like, he's a Boy Scout, too. He's not, yeah. like, a gun otaku. He's, like, his entire... He's a little bit. Yeah, but he's not, like, uh... He's a gun otaku for the sake of safety. And one of the fun things I see about this series... He's like a Boy Scout, yeah. ...is the fact that throughout the series, the main characters... At least the, the main the, character. The big plot point is he has a gun. Well, yeah, He's but like, I'm not talking about that. Is that he tries to keep this mentality of like order, order yeah. and like so they'll when they're going to a shop, they apologize for entering, grab the stuff, and leave money on the yeah, cashier. Even though the world has clearly it's, fallen apart, and everyone else has given up, given up on this shit, and like they'll. they'll they leave, um, they try, like, they're scared still, like, for instance, if, like, the world comes back to order that they're gonna get arrested, almost. Yeah, like, everybody is like, dude, I need the gun to cover you, and so, and then he's like, oh, but due to the Japanese swords and firearms, I can't hand it to somebody who doesn't have a license. Exactly. And you're like, dude, shut the fuck up, there's zombies, like, coming down. And these are some pretty different, they're a little different from your classic zombies. Well, they turn really different, like, yeah. you know, through, like, the big arc, like, we're you know, trying yeah, to that's, out, we'll, like, yeah. we'll discuss, that is spoiler stuff. That, that is But, spoilers. like, the difference between these zombies and others is, like, a lot of these zombies keep to the same ways they, like, their rituals in life. Yeah, they have, like, a very, uh, they have, like, a faint remembrance of what they did. Like, yeah. when you see when one person starts change, changing as he's, like, yelling about, like, seeing the main character, we, like, um, tripping over himself, getting into the, like, running away from some zombies in the subway, like, yeah. as he's changing it, because he managed to, like, kick the zombie away and, like, save his butt, but got bitten. Yeah. And he, like, oh, like, these damn kids, these... And he, like, just keeps ranting and ranting and ranting yeah, kids, as yeah. he's about, as he's, like, walks over to a woman and bites her face off and continues yeah. ranting. It's, it, it's a really interesting anime, and it's, like, an anime that I feel like is actually, like, character-focused. It's more of a study on, like, uh, the main character and his motivations because he's not a likable character for not like really. the first. Well, maybe not likable by an American or at least our standards, yeah. perhaps. Because, like, at least from the image that a lot of otakus have in Japan, I think he kind of represents that in a yeah. man that who is struggling at work, who has little to no ambition, who does not a, have the courage to speak his mind properly. And who is very, uh, who is very... Socially uh, awkward. And, and, and like, judge, uh, oh, insecure. Yes. Yeah, he's very, like, insecure about a lot of the stuff, yeah. And has little to no confidence. Yeah. And then it's, maybe like, his shooting ability. Yeah, and then, like, you slowly start to see him get these, uh, mm -hmm. in this, like, uh, this era of violence, like, yeah. inside him. He slowly gets his confidence, and, like, he starts to feel secure in himself. And he makes, like, these really weird decisions that, out of context, don't make sense. And they're kind of, like, what... I, I don't know if the author does this on purpose, but he, like, hmm. he acts like... He falls into a couple of, like, 
anime tropes, but his personality allows him to fall into, like, that cliche organically. Hmm. Like, he falls into kind of, like, the cliche... Like, it's on the tin. He falls into the cliche of uh, he's a hero. With, like, his name is a pun of, like, the Japanese word hero. Mm -hmm. And he's the hero because he has, like, a gun. Yeah. Like, that's the big thing. Like, that's the only reason why he's a power player in the entire thing. It's like there are people who are stronger than him, mm -hmm. who are smarter than him, but they don't have a gun. He, he does. Yep. Yeah. I will say, though, leaning back on it, that man has a lot of ammo and rarely goes to shops. Yeah. And well, like, he, he, he got, like, a whole bunch of that from, like, when he looted that, like, um... That was a lot farther in the series. That was... Yeah. Okay, but that, that's going to spoiler levels and not necessary for what you yeah. need to know. But, but, but it's like, if you if you want, like, a long, ongoing manga... With that, some mystery ties, because while all this is all going on, you, the writer will literally, like, suddenly, like, pan off from what's happening over here and show something weird that's going on in another corner yeah, of like, this world like, he's like created. Yeah, like in Spain and Portugal. Yeah, there, yeah. there jumps to Spain and Portugal. You'll sit there and go, what the fuck is going on? But then you'll start seeing, like... Things happening there that are almost like in Japan, they're getting there. Yeah, like they're getting there. You're seeing like the ramp up to it. But, alright, so personally, alright, now down to the recommendation. I would recommend this if you're a fan of horror, a little bit of mystery, and honestly, if you're a fan of those survival kind of series, yeah. it is a zombie apocalypse thing, which is kind of a overdone trope, but... At least with this one, you do have some more interesting characters. Yeah, I, I would recommend it if you uh, uh, if you like interesting characters and more of a character study anime. And also if you uh, want to see a zombie genre manga done correctly, where it's like the yeah. zombies are more of like a plot device to explore the characters and how they act. And, and sometimes just to show, like, these weird monsters at times. Yeah, like, I really like the weird monsters. Yeah, if you I'm like weird fan. monsters, you should read uh, I Am a Hero. Yes. Um, okay, that is, I guess, our recommendation. Now, Michael, this... I, I don't even normally recommending manga to each other, but I'm recommending this highly, in oh, my opinion, to yeah. you. A series that me and my girlfriend have recently um, caught, up, caught, caught up to date for now. It's called... Re, re colon zero a start in like another life or something like that. I've just been calling it re zero this whole time, so I don't know. I don't oh. remember its entirety off the top oh, of my head. Your fancy ass uh, uh, truncations of words. How dare you? Oh, shut up. Um, give me a moment to pull it up. Maybe we should have like a file folder that we can yeah, just we like really flip do. through. Yeah, we really do need to do that. Uh, come on. Yeah, okay, alright, here we go. The um, alright, the title of it is ReZero, Starting Life in Another World. Alright, Michael. Basically, the first aspect I'm going to tell you this is, it literally start. it is a um, bit of a generic fantasy setting. Uh -huh. But it's it's a little bit like Sora Online in the sense that, man, um, literally kid, like, stay-at-home kid, I think, who has finished, finished high school, I don't know if he even went to college, leaves the convenience store... Begins getting a little confused, um, blinks a few times, realizing the world, it, like, his vision is kind of going a bit weird. Blinks his eyes a few more times, and all of a sudden, you're in the middle of D&D Fantasyland Central of the capital. Oh, boy. And this boy begins using, like, his knowledge on tropes and stuff, like, you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. First thing is a dream, then he gets into an alleyway, gets, gets get beaten up by hoodlums, gets rescued, and then gets rescued by a white-haired elf, white-haired half-elf witch. Mm. And... Say no He's... more <laughs> Okay. Basically, um, he goes, they go on to this, 
um, to repay her for saving his life, he goes on. He helps to try and find this item that a thief stole. They end up starting to spend the day together, kind of liking each other. Um, she's worried that he's not going to like her because of who she is, but being a man who has no idea about like any kind of like context for who she is, just thinks of her as a cute girl who saved his life. And ends up starting to develop feelings. You know, that's how... It's the standard jumping starting point for any kind of, like, ro romance tropes. Yeah. And they finally get to this area of where they're trying to find... They think that the thief was supposed to meet up. They get in there, and both end up dead. Oh. And he ends up blinking awake back, like, literally to when he just showed up in this land. That... It's kind of a, and that will leave it there. That's kind of, okay. I might have, I might have like summarized like the first episode for you, but it is kind of a Groundhog Day. Like this guy is tr get keeps getting killed or something keeps happening, and he goes back, and every time he dies, he goes back and tries to fix it. So is but, it very kind of a? Uh, is it kind of like just straight up Groundhog Day, or is it also? Is it kind of like? Uh, all you need is kill kind of scenario. A little bit of all you need is kill, but the save point, so to speak, kind of moves as like he progresses forward. Okay, all right. And like, oh my god! Like, as you watch the series, it starts off as it's kind of like eh, it's kind of iffy, iffy. But like the character development and especially watching, like, think of it this way: you spent all this time developing this relationship with a person, shit happens, and you want to go back to them. Like, you're trying to go back to them and say hi again, but you are now stuck back at not knowing each other, despite all these memories and feelings oh, okay. you have for the person. So it's like, uh, uh, um, uh, shit, I'm trying to remember, 50... Five, uh, 500 not, days of No, summer. it's not 500 no, 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 days. Definitely not that. Oh, oh 51st dates with Adam Sandler. A little bit like 51st yeah. dates, but, like, like, you mean, <laughs> and, like, they're... This character has no real any special powers other than this ability to go back in time. Okay. Yeah. And he can't even tell anyone about it. And I will leave that in the mystery for you. Okay. As developing. Uh, the, by the way, maybe uh, using the comparison of Fifty First Dates to like an anime you uh, enjoy may not be the most apt way to. Yeah, that is perhaps not the most. I highly recommend. Wait, you mean like the Adam Sandler movie where he like uh, <laughs> kills an alligator with a golden hockey stick? All right, moving past that, <laughs> the character, the main character, like, like this guy is by no means perfect. The best way to describe him, in my opinion, is. He begin like so. He ain't no he Mary Sue. Yeah, he ain't no Mary Sue. Okay. Um, he well, maybe he is a little bit in the sense that he keeps coming back to life. But well, you I begin mean, to like, see it's not you, Mary Sue. If that's like the big. He he's a bit Mary Sue, and he becomes kind of the target of a harem. But like literally, oh, okay. But in the harem so far, literally. When I say harem, it's two girls. Okay. Well, it that's is, not a it's harem. It's not a harem. It's just a love triangle. It's a love uh, triangle a harem, in the sense that, like, yeah. literally, like, in the the second girl doesn't even come to, like, much later. Yeah. In, like, probably the sense to, like, episode, like, seven or eight. No, not even eight. But, like, one of the things you see about this is that is a hero character who you begin to see human weaknesses in. Okay. Like, the weakness of, like, literally, he is dying every time. He feels the pain of a knife going through him and himself bleeding out on the floor. He still feels that and remembers that pain. That's one of the reasons why a lot of the series, he doesn't go like, oh, I fucked up, take someone's sword. He doesn't do that. Despite the fact, let's be honest, he probably could. Yeah, it's, it Probably hurts. Enough. It hurts, it's terrifying. Um... And he still, and a lot of those endings end very badly. Not just like, it's not just him dead, it's him and his friends dead. 
And when he goes back, it's like he begins to try to think, and he takes a very methodical approach for some of the stuff, like, all right, this time, like, I died by this day. I need to try and figure out what led up to, like, what happened to me. Yeah. Like, um, but, like, the, you begin, going back to what I was saying earlier, like, you see a lot of human weaknesses in this person, like the weakness of just fear of death, fear, uh, um, fear of weakness, like the fact that literally in a world of fantasy knights and heroes and dragons and magic, he's got nothing. He came to this world with a plastic shopping bag filled with instant ramen and chips. What a loser. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things he, one of the biggest things I think, one of the biggest weaknesses you're going to see later in it is a combination of pride and the weakness, the human weakness of wanting something too badly. Oh, I, I think we've all, a lot of us, especially guys, have gone through this where you find a girl that you like, but, and you're not, and because you like them so much, or at least you want it so badly, you really fuck it up, you make it awkward, you begin to say shit like, no. You, you are blinded by your passion or exactly. whatever. Exactly. We're not even blind, oh, I guess, drove and stupid by you're, it. You're, you're consumed by the booty. There we go. Yeah. Not even sometimes booty. But that, it, it literally comes in critical last time, later in the series, and oh my god, the animators, the voice actors did such a great job on watching the character fall. Okay. Alright, so uh, 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 re... Re-Zero. Okay, Re-Zero, alright. Yeah. There's only 16 episodes, or 15 episodes right now. Okay, alright. Yep. All right. Okay, and that's my recommendation. I yeah. highly recommend it. I think a lot of people, most people, should watch it. I'm, I guess, I'm also prone to this. Like, kind of, I like these kind of like mystery slash like Groundhog Day series. My other favorites are so you like uh, Adam Sandler movies. No, I don't. <laughs> but like my previous other favorites, I have are uh, Higurashi or When the Cicadas Cry. Um, whatchamacallit, Steins Gate, like, uh, series like those. It's very, it, it, you'll see, you'll feel a lot of parallels to Steins Gate. The main character is very, kind of, over the top, like, trying to showmanship wise, okay. as you'll see. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like we should have a, a, a segment eventually down the line where we compare anime to uh, Adam Sandler film and see what? all the similarities. <laughs> Michael, I don't think I don't. I might be Jewish, but I can't say. I is can't Adam Sandler Jewish? Yes, really? that is why he wrote the Hanukkah song. I did never knew. Oh my I god, he, he got so freaking famous back. I think it was in the ni early nineties, or something like that. He was famous in the nineties for acting like an idiot. Well, no, that. But one of the things that really brought him to people's attention was the Hanukkah song, which he wrote. He he wrote like I think he wrote like two of them, like each Christmas. Yeah. Um, to, for all the little like um all the Jewish boys and girls out there, because they don't get any presents on Christmas. But don't worry, you're not the only one. Here are here's a giant list of other Jews that are out famous Jews out there. Wow, okay. Well, I learned something new about Adam And I just realized I'm going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> I just learned something. I thought Adam Sandler was just a crazy neurotic person who's like super lazy. It's like, I want to go to Hawaii and like, so we're going to film up 50 First Dates where I fall in love with Drew Barrymore and she's a... Uh, she's Dory. Yeah, yeah, she's essentially like that movie is if uh, Finding Nemo was about the clownfish wanting to fuck Dory every time. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Oh. All right, moving off that disgusting topic. <laughs> it is Adam Sandler. Uh, oh, okay, so uh, on to our new uh, sex uh, segment, uh, Pokemon Go Go. Because we uh. both got Pokemon Go, and boy, is it going. Not because the servers are always fucking down, and I got Pokemon to catch. God uh, damn it. Oh, God, Pokemon Go. I can't I can't try to, like, close my phone and try to reopen it all the time. I'm at work, Mark. I can't, like, I can't ring up a customer and try to catch, a char- like, a Charizard single-handedly with my hand. My manager will notice, and I'll get in trouble, and I'll charge will get away. It's a lose-lose situation. If I don't have my job, I can't have my phone and I can't pay the bills to uh, pay Pokemon and I can't <laughs> buy more modules. And if I lose that Charizard, I won't have a Charizard to show off to people because I'm mean-spirited and vindictive. <laughs> and then you'll drive away the customers. Yeah. I've literally been telling every customer that's, like, uh, coming up to my store that I ring up and say, Hey, do you have Pokemon Go? What team are you? You should join Blue Team. Right, thank you. Thank you, Recruiter. By the way, we are both Team Blue. Go Team Mystic. Uh, go, go, uh, go, go Team Mystic. Hey, Articuno. Yeah. I gotta come up with a catchy slogan for Articuno. <laughs> You ain't missing it if you're mystic. Nah, it's not. Yeah. Good, yeah. Oh, I'll come up with one. I'll oh. come up with one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll put it on a shirt and you pieces of trash will buy it. <laughs> We're not. No, there is not probably going to be a uh, Weeaboo Wednesdays t shirt for a while. I a fucking waifu shirt and I spent five minutes on it and that's a fucking top seller inside. <laughs> Spent like a week on like so many other designs and they lasted like three three days and everybody's like, Oop, this shirt is too many waifus in your life. I want that one. It's like, oh, so this is what you want? Shit. After I give you gold? All right. Fine. All right, Michael. Fine. Like, that's what you'll get. Speaking of waifus, I'm going to, I think it's the alcohol talking, but let's bring back a topic we do we oh who's the waifu of the week yeah. the waifu of the week okay yeah Michael okay I, I, I gotta think about this for a little bit Mark uh, mainly because uh, my head's swimming a little bit after how much alcohol is in this oh it's only 5.9% oh boo hoo it's 6% yeah I know but, yeah, you go. You go first. Who's, who's your waifu of the week? Mark? Waifu of the week. I'd have to say. I can think off the top of my head. I have to say Rena Ryugu from Higarashi no Nakukoroni. I what? She is the delicious progenitor, almost seen as sometimes the progenitor of the Yandare um, topic. Oh, okay. Oh, what anime is this? Uh, when they when the cicadas cry. Oh, wow. Um, she's fa- uh, famous for her little hi- um, hatchet with little hatchet as um, she's gone around murdered a few people. Despite the fact that she's seen as the like lots of times seen as the source of the whole yandare, or at least very much the I I love you, but my hatchet. I with you, but you've been talking to her, so I'm gonna kill you with my hatchet. She's nothing like that in the actual series. Okay. She comes off as a very kind of like bubbly kind of girl who like kind of like who obsesses over everything that's cute and despite nearly kidnapping several people because she saw them as cute and um, she has she is an incredibly perceptive character who like like begins will show 
moments of maturity and like just in in ugh, not inceptive, not decisive. What's the term? Well, when you when you think very perceptive person, and but she also does turn off as very creepy with the moment of where she's invited him um, after the characters. Um, parents go out of town he she said she offers to make him food and he goes no i'm fine it's going but what that that ramen you bought at the store last week isn't going to do much for you as she begins to rattle off that he that she's been kind of stalking him so your wife of the week that you recommended is essentially a stalker no nah, it was one stalking moment that was a weird thing it was one stalking moment it was like that was like the one scene that I can really remember right now that, that escalated into an entire genre well it, it yeah or entire uh, and her famous line of liar oh liar or usoda oh because that's a lot of syllables to say liar. That that because that series shifts between like a murder mystery, a horror, and just like almost sometimes um, mystical. And the fact of this in this small sleepy village, people who begin to learn about the village's dirty secrets begin will be hunted down by the by the village's um, deity, deity Oyashiro. Who seems to go around possessing people? That's one of the reasons why they think she, she goes crazy. Oh, a real a real Zeus coming into Earth and turning into bulls and just banging people left and right. Not even close. <laughs> More like Zeus coming down and going, you know, I'm gonna smite you. Yeah, with his bullcock. <laughs> God damn it, Michael! <laughs> Greek mythology. It's disgusting. Uh, I, I, for my wife of the week, since I haven't gotten to play Overwatch and I can't be topical, <laughs> uh, I need to buy that, but I've already uh, paid my bay. money for... Uh, I've heard that a lot, but I have no I, I have no basis to do that. We're, we're using the scientific method, uh, the lock couple terror equation, to try and figure out who's the superior waifu. And this week, for me, it is Marcel from Dungeon Mishy. Oh, the incompetent elf? Uh, she's not incompetent. She's just, like, very book smart, but not, like, real world smart. Uh, and, like, uh... She's not experienced. Yeah, she's not experienced. Uh, I, I'm I sorry, but, um, from that, if we're gonna do wife from that series, I'll have to change my answer to the girl who was actually eaten. Oh, uh, uh, Farlin? Yes. I think that's how you say your name, Farlin. I don't. She only shows up for, like, uh, She shows up for, like, five chapters, and she's more interested. She's, she's more waifu material. Oh, well, that's only because she's literally, uh, she's literally held captive by the dragon. I don't even know if held captive is the right word. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I like Marcel because, like, I, I find her antics actually, like, amusing. And I know she's, like, the regular clumsy girl from, like, animes, but, like, the way, the context that they use her in, it's actually, like, every time I'm able to get a laugh, uh, a laugh out of it. I'm sorry, but... Actually, I'm going to have to change my answer from Farland to the dwarf. Uh, the dwarf he, lady? He, yeah, I was... No, I was not actually, dwarf lady. Oh, oh, Sanji. He, well, that's Husbandu. Husbandu of the hour. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> our, our new segment now, Husbandu Hour. So, uh, you're going with Senshi. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Senshi and Dungeon Meshi. Uh, I... I you close second to Elias. <laughs> I, I, I like Elias because Elias is also, uh... Uh... 
He's, he's good-natured, but he's, like, stupid. <laughs> like, I like that scene where, like, he has that very touching moment of he tells everybody, it's like, I care about you a lot and stuff, and he delivers it at the worst possible moment where everybody has, like, f- food in their mouths so they can't even, like, react properly to it. Uh, uh, but also, for his bond of the hour, I would like to uh, petition out of Dungeon Messi, uh, okay. Professor Willow from Pokemon Go. Because apparently, oh, if you Google Professor, like, who oh, is Professor God. Willow, the second Google resort is, who is Professor Willow? And why is he such a daddy? <laughs> oh my god. I noticed that too, I was like, this the character seems inappropriately attractive yeah, for a It Pokemon really is. Game. I looked at this character and was like, good lord. I mean, like, the last professor from X and Y was almost just comical in his Europeanness. This one just seems like that that dilf that your friend had. Yeah, it's just like he's just gotten out of his dissertation and his second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> He's out on the street, ladies and gentlemen, and he's handing out Pokemon left and right, but do we know that's all he's handing out? (laughs) Those aren't the only balls he's offering you. That's right, yeah. Oh, no. I'm recommending a person who's only in you've ever seen with the introductory I, tutorial and the very loud and blaring like game hints which for some reason uses the sound effects of the most irritating Pokemon sound when you hit the next button and it's completely unnecessary and it's like they're almost punishing you for asking how the game works it's like what? You don't know how to catch a Pokemon at this point? It's been 10 fucking years. I know you're not 10 years old. I know you're a 25 year old asshole who's just gotten out of college and works a 9 to 5. You should know how this works by now. And you should be ashamed. Alright. Good God. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> anyway, join Team Blue. Yeah, join Team Blue. Okay, um, I th- we've been going on for about an hour now, yeah. an hour and ten minutes. I think, I don't know where to go from there. With <laughs> I think we've reached our climax, and honestly, I don't want to try going for a, for a uh, wiggly second attempt. Alright, well, uh, I- I'm Michael. I'm Mark. Uh, and this has been Moobo Wednesday. Is this- Stay classy, you pieces of trash. Uh, See you next Wednesday to take out the trash. Yep.